Hello and welcome to another episode of Thinking Critically, a D&D discussion. A podcast where we take a single word or topic and discuss what it means within the D&D 5e and wider TTRPG framework. Each episode, I'm joined by a different guest to dissect a different topic. And today, I'm joined by Jeffrey Golden. Thank you ever so much for joining us today, Jeffrey. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Uh, let's see, I'm a narrative designer and a game maker. Previous credits include Wet Hot American Summer Fantasy Camp, the official Wet Hot American Summer role-playing game for folks who know that movie and Netflix series. Uh, I worked on Helm Grey Castle for Image Comics. Um, I do Worst Movies Ever Played, which is an actual play for Starburns Audio, and uh, an email newsletter RPG called Adventure Snack. And uh, yeah, I've been I've been a professional uh, writer since 2005. Amazing! Thank you so much for for joining us today, Jeffrey. Thank you. And may I first compliment you on your theme song? I really oh. dig your theme song. That that is a uh, Kevin uh, MacLeod classic. Oh, that's oh, I love Ke- uh, I love Kevin's work. Yep. His body, his uh, his body of work that you I I now some of them with the Kevin ones. I've heard them again and again. This is one. This must be a deep cut because I haven't heard this one. <laughs> uh, but I really like it. It's it gives me. Ju- it's exactly the right mood. It's exactly the right the right feel going into a you know free form discussion vibe. Oh, th- thank you. I mean, <laughs> that that means a lot because I spent a lot of time listening to his back catalogue to find the right one. <laughs> so you can and you probably know how big that is. So I'm very glad that. You, you can appreciate the uh, how fitting it is because I spent an awful lot of time trying to find <laughs> the right one. <laughs> I should do. I should see if there's an interview or something with him. He's really made a huge impact on the digital culture world with his music. Yeah. Like he's ever he's everywhere. Yeah, it's it's. I never would have recognized them, but every so often I will hear it in an advert or in a TV show or another podcast the songs that I use both for the intermission and the intro and outro. And I'm like, Hey, that's like my podcast. There. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, uh, anyway, right. Let me plug my brain back in. Um, well, actually <laughs> seeing as thing is we're bucking trend anyway, which I'm totally okay with. I wanted to, before we, before we jump into the topic at large, um, yeah. I want to hear a bit more about this email newsletter adventure. Can you just explain to me how that works? Oh, yeah. Adventure snack. Well, it, basically, it turns your inbox into an adventure. So, do you remember the old? Uh, do you remember the old game books like Fighting Fantasy mm-hmm. or uh, Choose Your Own Adventure? Like those yeah. those nineties games. Yeah, I love those. And I, I played. There's ones like uh, I haven't played it yet, but I, a Thousand Year Old Vampire. Like the, it, the the genre is sort of making a comeback of the solo RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I do one called Adventure Snack, and basically the idea is it's micro game books. So uh, I email you, I email my subscribers uh, a little bit of of setup, and then they have a big choice to make. And we go in different genres. So uh, one of them I did um, was uh, you're the president's cat. You're the president of the United States' cat. (laughs) And and so you end up like foiling a terrorist plot uh, with your actions, or you might actually doom the White House to be destroyed. Um, there's another one called Drink a Gelatinous Cube, where uh, you're an adventure and you get stuck inside of a gelatinous cube and you have to uh, to drink your way out. And <laughs> depending on your dice roll, well, you know, it's how well you do. 
Um, so I try to give something a little different, a little unusual for, for folks uh, to play on their lunch breaks. And I do them twice a month. We actually just did our 50th one recently, which, which was a frolic through the multiverse, where I created a, like a, a text whirlpool, a, a text portal that you click on and it takes you to different uh, adventure snack endings, like some of the best ones. Because I think we've done over 500 endings uh, at this point um, for this for the series. So thank you so much. Yeah, I really love doing it. It's it's so much fun, and yeah, and it's free to free to play at adventuresnack.com. Uh, folks can sign up. But I think it's uh, it's it's fun because it's the format is so restrictive that like finding new and interesting mechanics is like always like a fun challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to you got to work within the scope, right? Right, yeah, because well, normally, like if you're playing D and D at a table, right, like I could give you like instant feedback, and we could go, you know, we, I can give you a number of different choices and things, but with email, the there's a a limited number of mechanics you could do within an email within text, and so figuring out just like oh yeah, well maybe sometimes the the mechanics are more like a personality test so like i asked somebody like what they had for lunch and like that may determine their fate um but other times it's like oh like take out your credit card and it's like the fifth digit if it's a i did one where is this uh, hang on is is this all a scam to get people's credit card numbers is that oh shoot i shouldn't have mentioned the credit card one that was <laughs> that was my this that was that's oh shoot. and then weirdly the next one later the next one was like social security like the fourth digit of that like it's just, we do it's social just security mother's maiden name is a big one uh that i like to ask a lot yeah home address uh absolutely uh yeah times uh times away from home every day is something i do it listen. If there were if adventure adventure snack, I wish I was scamming more with it because I would make a lot more money. That'd be that might be a better a better scheme. Uh, I'm just looking for weird and crazy yeah, things, yeah. different things for uh, for everybody to uh, to yeah to, to vary up the game and have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it sounds fantastic. I'm definitely definitely going to check that out. Um, but uh, well, without much further ado, then we better actually start the episode. Uh, so. <clears throat> Today's topic is humor. So what does that mean to you in the D&D and wider TTRPG framework? You know, I think of humor often in in terms of uh, D&D and and other games as sort of the unexpected byproduct Mm -hmm. of uh, of a tabletop role-playing game. And I know there are plenty of games out there that are intentionally funny. And in fact, I play one uh, pretty regularly but for the most part, I think that role-playing games, we tend to think of it as like a serious genre, or if not serious, like lighthearted, mm-hmm. but not necessarily openly humorous. And certainly a lot of the mechanics of these games aren't inherently funny. Um, it's really because uh, uh, because players are, we're human, because we are you know, trying to uh, explore our characters and and figure out what we would do in different contexts, um, where I think the, a lot of the humor comes from and exploring a world that may seem strange or weird. I, yeah, I, I think that's where a lot of humor comes from in in games. Uh, but it's it's so funny because 
boy, I've seen Dungeons and Dragons games that are deadly serious, yeah. and I've played in them. And then I've seen ones, you know, where comedians, where almost the mechanics of the game almost never come up. <laughs> it's really just treated as a long improv yes. scene. And so it really depends on who's playing for a lot of games uh, will determine how funny it is ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's an aspect of these games that I really love and cherish. As somebody with a comedy background, um, I, I just think it's amazing to see all the different types of humor that role-playing games can inspire at a table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think that it's a credit of, say, well, actually, let me let me rewind the clock a little bit. So, when in in your anecdotes there and what you were referencing, were you talking about D anD D or TTRPGs in general? Um, a little bit, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column okay. B. Okay, um, right. but definitely, I mean, you know, look, D anD D is the Xerox of TTRPGs. <laughs> you you can't really talk about the Kleenex. You really can't talk about tabletop role play games without yeah. talking about Dungeons and Dragons yeah, yeah, yeah. in some respect. And, you know, I've played D&D games where I wouldn't dare make a joke. Like, I wouldn't dare make a joke. Like, everybody, I played the one, what was the one, what's, what's the one, Dungeon Crawl Classics? Is that, yeah, where, where um, I think that's the one where everybody gets, like, five characters and you move them through a dungeon and then they all, you know, they oh, all get okay. killed. Yep. I played a very serious game of that, which to me seems like an inherently funny mechanic but that's maybe my sense of it like i almost thought of the game Do you remember the computer game lemmings yes yeah yeah that's that's exactly what i thought of when you said that five in a row like you just stand on the corpse of the one that went before you to like <laughs> you just throw that on the tra- the pit traps so you can walk across like <laughs> right exactly and I, I thought that's i thought that's where we were going but it turned out no it was very it was played very seriously um it's like oh no that you know okay this one is dead now i must move this one it's like oh okay like we're we're taking this very seriously. Whereas, like I, I've played, uh, I, I played as a bard in a in a in a D and D campaign uh, fairly recently, and uh, you know, I was, we were all joking around, but you know, I as the as the bard, yeah. I feel like if you choose bard, then you're pro- you're most likely going to be the jokester of the group. <laughs> I think there's like, if there's that BuzzFeed quiz and you pick, I am Bard, you'd be like, you're the jokester of your, <laughs> of your gaming crew. So, and then, but then there's, there. Are, so I, I don't know that there's anything, fantasy is like a really fascinating genre because I feel like it does encompass a lot of humor depending on your sensibility. Like it's almost like a Rorschach test. Mm-hmm. Like, do you believe like a giant jello cube that can eat somebody is funny? And like I inherently find that funny. Like I can't think of a gelatinous cube without laughing. Because to <laughs> me, that's just like that's just so good. But for I know other people, I know maybe most people take it like perfectly seriously. Mm-hmm. But so I think it really, I think really your mileage will vary with D&D in terms of, but I, I'm trying to think if there's any mechanics in D&D that I, as I've played it, that I would say are like inherently funny. Um, now that, that's what I've been thinking about when you were talking about like how it's, I, I don't want to say like funny despite of the mechanics, because that sounds like right. the mechanics are there to deliberately stop you being funny, but 
I don't <laughs> think, like as you're saying, thinking about any which are there that are particularly conducive to making jokes and, and none stand out. But I, I guess, could you level that at any particular emotion? Like, are there any mechanics there that are built to make you feel sad? I mean, outside of like, you know, your PC getting hurt. Right. You know, death. And yeah. I mean, I think that is the, I think that is like a, an, an important, uh, it's an important conflict, right? It's like if something happens to your PC, whether it's, you know, death or Mm -hmm. theft or something horrible, like you're meant to feel sad. Uh, That's sort of the stakes, right? Mm. Like the stakes of playing is that you grow to love this character that you created and you come to identify with it. And then when something bad happens to your character, you feel like it's something bad that happens to you. Yeah. And it produces that emotion. So I think that there is, I think that is something. Um, Certainly, like, I think, you know, that sort of excitement, right, I think is, is uh, with the, Mm. with the mechanic of the, the combat happening so quickly, right, in terms of, like, the real world implications, Mm. like, I think that's meant to uh, induce excitement, you know, induce a sense of, like, uh, it's like, oh, uh, what is the emotion that sort of um, excitement is another word term that I'm um, that I'm uh, not miss that I'm missing here. But like that sort of strategic, that sort of like strategic battle mode, like yes, that chess yeah. emotion, call it chess emotion, <laughs> where you like go into like deep thought, um, that sort of that sort of feeling. Yeah. So I, I think some of the mechanics are designed to produce emotions. Yeah. Um, but like, for example, so whenever I think about um, funny mechanics in a role play in a, in a tabletop role playing game, I like to think of Honey Heist. Have yeah. you played Honey Heist? I've, I've heard have you of read it, it, but I have not played yeah. it. I haven't played it either, but I've read it. Mm-hmm. I love the rule. So it's a one page game, so it's very it's a fast read. You won't you won't need a bookmark. Uh, this isn't going to take you a couple days. You could read it in, in ten minutes. It's great, um, and it was kind of an it was a bit of an inspiration on on Adventure Snack. Mm-hmm. But uh, in Honey Heist, there's a bonus mechanic where everybody plays as a bear, a bear who's a criminal, <laughs> and uh, you roll different stats to see you roll to see what type of of criminal you are. Like if you're like the getaway driver, or if you're like the hackers. And then you roll what type of bear you are, grizzly bear, polar bear, which each have their own uh, special, unique Mm -hmm. abilities. But there's a bonus mechanic that's just like, if you want your bear to wear a hat, roll a D6 die, and it will determine what hat your bear (laughs) wears. That is purely a funny mechanic. Now, it's it's a bonus mechanic. And I I think the designer realized, fully aware... That like some people who maybe take TTRPGs a little more seriously, like oh, I don't, I don't want my bear to wear a hat. Like I'm going to play this game straight. But for other people who find the premise inherently funny, and it is a very funny game, um, you know, oh yeah, here's a bonus joke. You know, here's a joke. Yeah. Here's a joke for you. But it is a, it is a mechanic. You roll a die to determine what hat you want. And who knows, wearing a bowler hat, you know, may give you, you know, with this with a particular GM a certain advantage mm-hmm. to, you know, wearing a straw hat or something like that you know <laughs> maybe you could use the bowler hat like it's oh it's got it's one of those ones in james bond that odd job wears. <laughs> so it's like it actually has a sword in it so i could i could hack open that door you know yeah. 
All I'm thinking of hats is that episode of The Simpsons where Homer goes to spy for the FBI on uh, the quickie, the quickie mart, and he's got this huge, really tall <laughs> hat that's like full of like a you know a cinema's equipment worth of recording equipment <laughs> <laughs> with like a huge lens sticking out the front. That's that's when I think of like goofy hats. That's my go-to. Hello, Apu. I <laughs> know uh, I'm just here to shop at the quickie mart yeah. as usual. <laughs> adjust camera in hat yeah that's <laughs> such a it's such yeah that giant oh it's such a funny image there's also a show uh there's also a a, a nickelodeon show called big time rush mm-hmm. that was pretty funny um and they had uh one of the recurring gags was they had these like fern hats because it's about like a like a group of kids and they would be needing to spy on various people. And so they had these hats that on top of it looked like ferns so they could sneak into any situation where there were like a bunch of potted plants and they could like listen in. And then eventually the show did an episode where they end up sponsoring like a fur, like they end up as sponsors of the fern hat. Like they end up as like running like a fern hat business or something, or they're like the spokespeople for the fern hat. It's a very silly show, but anyway, I digress. Fern hats could be useful in your in your uh, in your TTRPG. I, I am sudden, suddenly realizing the all the hidden benefits of hat attire. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So I see I see what you mean now in terms of like mechanics there to you know that are there just to be funny and now i'm trying to think about it again whether D specifically has any and no it's i'm kind of like disheartened in a certain way because i'm like oh man there's no goofs in in my game but that that's the thing right like uh, really good and we see this with the rise of like actual play like you can make it funny like you can have a funny game you know, it's just that the game the game itself isn't really designed for it, mm. but, like, it is absolutely, like, something players can do. And, and that speaks to the versatility of it, of, of D&D, but also to, like, TTRPGs, I think, as a whole. Because, like, unless you're playing, like, a game that is really focused on, on its mood, um, and which, of which there are many, mm. especially in the indie, indie scene, but... Um, unless you're focused on mood, like players can kind of control the experience. And so, you know, if you decide that as a GM, like they, you know, the, the troll is stampeding towards you and uh, OK, like roll for initiative and everybody like rolls for initiative. And it's like, OK, uh, all right, you go you go first, uh, Galahad. What do you want to do? And and Galahad's like, well, all right, I'm going to I'm going to hit him. For Dan, and you hit him once, and the troll is like, "Oh no, no, no! I, I uh, oh god, this is too much! I'm leaving! I'm leaving immediately!" Like, uh, I thought it could take you guys, but I cannot. <laughs> See you later. Like, that's a funny choice. It's within the parameters of D and D. You know, it's not like it's not that's not breaking any rules, but it's just playing. You know, it's just it's just playing the game in a funny way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think on the episode that has aired before this one about uh, aesthetic, we talk in there quite a lot around like having a strong aesthetic to a theming to your campaign can go a, a, yeah. a, a surprisingly, perhaps surprisingly long way to reinforcing those tropes and those kind of vibes you want to go for. And I think absolutely, you're probably, you know, outside of maybe like horror and, and, you know, the other big, really strongly themed genres, I think humor is probably 
quite high on a hit list in terms of like, do we want this or do we not want this? <laughs> right. Absolutely. It, it, you know, the group has to decide. Um, I remember one of my first experiences playing a TTRPG was uh, a game called Aberrant. Uh, I think now it's published by a company called Onyx, but it was previously published by White Wolf. This was be the early mid nineties, somewhere in that, in that zone. And uh, I was in high school and I was a really big fan of the show that, of the tech, the, the Fox cartoon oh, yeah. and the comic book. And what aberrant, aberrant as a game, it's setting is like an X-Men type universe, which I'm also a big fan of. Um, and so I wanted to play a character called the wire whisk which was like a character I had sort of been developing in my head, who was uh, a chef with the mutant ability when he waves his wire whisk in the air, the sound, that whoosh sound, calls animals um, okay. into, into battle. And it's sort of like an inherently goofy character. Yep. <laughs> um, and But my friend... He was really, he got, I didn't realize this until maybe a couple sessions in when he said something, but he was really frustrated with, with my character because he wanted to play a very, a very serious superhero game. He wanted to play something tonally more like Spawn mm -hmm. or, you know, like, like, or 90s X-Men, you know, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. 90s X-Men. And, um, our GM was very accommodating for both of us and was allowing me to do some silly things and for, you know, for him to do some to do serious things, um, which, you know, to his credit, did a great job. But, you know, I didn't realize that, um, you know, that tonally it was breaking my friend's immersion. And so I agree that, that it's a conversation you have to have about humor, I think. Um, making sure that everybody is on the same page, and, and you know the GM can do a lot to sort of set that to to sort of set that tone mm -hmm. uh, in terms of like what we can expect, you know, with various for storytelling choices. With if it's D and D, you know, whether it's like character accents, mm -hmm. you know, if you're if you have a character and he's talking in like the horrible American British accent. And my <laughs> apologies, by the way, for the horrible American British at the <laughs> chimney sweep uh, accent. I on behalf of my country, I apologize to yours. Uh, <laughs> the um, but, you know, if, he's, if they're taught, you know, if they're doing crazy accents, if they are presenting loot with funny and weird names, yes. you know, it kind of gives the players that permission to be to be goofier and be funnier. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, you know, you have to read the room. Mm -hmm. I think as with most things in life, I think is a good it's <laughs> a good rule of thumb <laughs> to live by. Um, I wanted to say earlier on, in terms of say somebody wants to do a a comedy focused, a comedy themed actual play or game. Great. Okay. Aside from what we've just discussed in terms of like set the scene and read the room and make sure everyone's on board what other kind of considerations have to be made or probably as my classic go-to question um what concessions more importantly do you think you know what potentially suffers from having that as a as a theme well let's start uh we'll start with that um because uh and it speaks right into what i was just talking about um immersion humor and immersion are i don't want to say they're like they're like arch enemies, 
but they're like they definitely push and pull at each other. Um, mm. So so jokes, you know, a lot of a lot of humor. I mean, there's some humor that doesn't really affect immersion, cleverness, puns, wordplay, yeah. like those things don't usually take me out. But like a lot of humor, for example, misdirection being a perfect example of a tool that we use in humor, does inherently takes you out. Because misdirection, it's the opposite of what you expect, right? Mm -hmm. And so going back to that troll example, right? You're If you're expecting a battle with the troll and then the troll does a misdirection and immediately takes off, you know, hurt and upset, like that could potentially break the experience that 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 level of role play where if i'm expecting a world where every monster is going to fight me to the death and suddenly this one doesn't like oh like it could take you could potentially take you out of the game on the other hand um for a group that isn't as concerned with immersion as they are with uh, with more of like of D&D as more of a social game, I think humor can be great because I think for a lot, for a certain type of player, that immersion can actually be kind of a turnoff. The, the, the going in depth into lore, mm-hmm. right? That was like long, like the NPC who gives you like a long you know, backstory. Yeah. You know. It all started 500 years ago in the reign of <laughs> King... <laughs> Jeffrey. Yeah. <laughs> I I always think of uh my the one thing I think of, do you ever watch a show called Aqua Teen Hunger Force? No, but I know I know very much of it, yeah. I would absolutely um for those who haven't watched the episode, um I think it's called The Ghost of Christmas Past or The Robot of Christmas Past or something. It was from the first season. Um it's about a robot that has an incredibly long and convoluted backstory. It's very fun. It's very funny. Um, and all the other characters in the show sort of get tired of it and start like nitpicking at it and asking questions about it and like interrupting him. And he gets more and more frustrated with them um, and, uh, and bores them to tears. And for some, so for some players like, too much of that, like humor can actually be a good way to break that up, to feel like it's less of like I'm reading a book at a table and more like I am having a social experience with friends. Mm. And when you get together with friends, humor is often a part of that experience. We use use it as a social lubricant, right? Mm. We, you know, if something is weird, if something, you know, is strange is happening, we call it out uh, to make we we make a joke about yeah. it, so it's less it threatening. Weighs, yeah, it's less threatening. It weighs less on us, right? So, uh, so yeah. So those are that's the that's sort of the there is this sort of a little bit of a yin and yang with uh, humor and immersion. So I, I I think you can balance it. I think you can you can definitely have a campaign that is generally serious, but uses a little bit of humor to kind of like lighten things mm-hmm. up to show that it's you know we're not in an ultra serious world that we are still friends at a table yeah. here uh, you know yeah no, no one wants it to be a, a, a stress like a four hours of a stressful experience so uh, <laughs> definitely need some uh, levity there to line up but um one thing i wanted to mention is about 
um, a lot of humor, certainly that I mean, my Graham's uses obviously pop culture based so it right. inevitably brings you out of the game because you're referencing james bond like a, a, a funny joke we have mm-hmm. at the moment is obviously that the title of the new james bond film is no time to die which we think is a hilariously silly name because i just <laughs> i just don't have any time sorry can't die today don't have any time um so we, we I, just, I can't fit death into my schedule i, 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 I could have just... squeezed it in at two but that would mean pushing out living for another four hours so uh <laughs> So like we will riff on stuff like that, and obviously that inevitably because you're laughing about something in the real world, that, that an element of your brain is then brought back into reality. But I think it's as you said, like it's it's about moderation. And I'm I'm a big fan of also subverting expectations, like you said with your troll running away. I've done several instances of that where they go in, you know, kicking down the door, expecting one thing, and it's like no, 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 that's that's just it's it's something else, and that's just the mm-hmm. way it is here. But then also, like, uh, hang on, my train of thought has disappeared. Uh, Give me a second and I'll cut this out. No, leave it in. (laughs) This is what people need to know. No, people need to know the process. I'm infallible. What do you mean? I never make mistakes. (laughs) My brain is always optimum efficiency. People need to think that you are a, a peerless robot able to uh, generate amazing conversation topics at the drop of a hat. <laughs> and if they stop believing that, uh, they will stop listening. I, I cease to exist. I'm a merely a fragment right. of uh, collective consciousness. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> Their immersion will be broken oh. and the spell will be oh, broken. I'm, I'm shocked with that segue <laughs> back to immersion there. That was fantastic. <laughs> um, no, I just think, as I said, like it's 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 that balance. I've, I've I've always thought of it as a balance between tone rather than immersion. So I really like that take on it as well. Like I've always come at it as a this is a serious bit. So as a DM, maybe like I'm trying to be poignant, and I don't really want someone to make a goof here because it will kind of ruin the mood. But so I'm I'm very interested and excited to talk about it as as you know, like not only is that going to ruin the mood, but also kind of bring people out of it, which is kind of. There's a subtle difference there. It sounds similar, but there is a subtle difference in that poor example that I've just given. But I, I totally no, get No, no, I think it's a great I think it's a great point. And a lot of discussion with humor we cat you know, there's things we categorize, but there's a lot of overlap. And this is a great example. So I, I didn't mention it earlier at the top, but um so in video games I, I'm a narrative designer. So um it's my job to sort of oversee the the game experience for the player. And, uh, you know, in addition to things like lore and characters, figuring out, like, tone and, like, how to tell the story mm-hmm. using various mechanics is very much a part of our job. And I think narrative design is a very much a part of a GM's job when it comes to crafting the experience. So, yeah, so, so tone and immersion sort of go hand in hand. But immersion is sort of the designy way of thinking of it right tone is the narrative storytelling way of thinking of it um but they but they but you're absolutely right a radical shift in tone can take you can can take you out of the immersion of the story because we don't expect tone to shift radically in our day-to-day lives so when we see it in our art it's jarring Mm. and sometimes it can be used to terrific effect you know um, uh, oh, we're we're t- doing a quest. Oh, but this is a real fun. You know, this is just a real fun 
quest, but like, oh, shoot, uh, the big bad turned out to be here this entire time and caught you off guard. Yeah. Battle you know, stations. Oh, suddenly, <laughs> right, battle stations. Like, you know, oh, that can create like a real, that can create a real excitement at the table. That can, it'll change the tone dramatically, but it, it will, I think, increase immersion because you are snapping everybody to attention, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, but as you were talking about earlier, like, yeah, if there's a really... You know, an NPC is talking about like their dead brother, you know, how they're they're, you know, it's like, oh, I've got to, you know, I've got to carry a thank you so much for getting me this locket. I, I really have to to carry on for him. And then all of a sudden he farts. Mm. You like roll a die and it's like, oh, no, I guess he wasn't able to contain his flatulence. And then uh, and then you just have him f- just a long fart that changes the tone so dramatically in such a way that it's like, if it's not intentional, it could really like ruin the Absolutely. experience for, for people at the table. Yeah. yeah. My, my partner's really into film, film studies. That's what she had her degree is in. So we watch a lot of kind of breakdowns of, of tropes and, you know, genre tropes and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, that, that tonal shift is exactly like you said, you either do it slowly. So you, people don't get, tonal whiplash so it is that building tension you know if you're going into like a horror Mm -hmm. arc of a campaign or something it's that rising tension slowly slowly first something doesn't seem right and then it starts to rain and then people are going and then suddenly it's all (laughs) very much evil versus like as you said like big bad's here and he's a vampire and he's killed everybody like go so (laughs) but then like (laughs) absolutely those jarring tonal shifts are a tool in in the tool belt but as with any tool they have a specific purpose and should not be overused, otherwise they get worn out. So it is very much a, would it be appropriate? Like, would this be impactful or would it detract from the experience? I think that's probably the question everybody should ask themselves. And then obviously, again, with moderation. Absolutely. I look, look, and I feel like humor can add a lot to the experience. Like, you know, as we say that, as we said earlier, like there is some humor that doesn't break, that doesn't break immersion. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you, you know, we talk about pop culture references, but like if you were referencing like you could reference like a previous campaign or like referencing like a bit of lore could be very funny in context with a group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't break immersion. It's all within that world. But like reminding people about like, it's like, oh yeah, remember the time you, you know, you slayed that dragon through the through the eye? Well, here, you know, here is that eyeball. <laughs> like here's that split eyeball. And the guy like puts it on the table at the tavern in front of the thing. It's like, isn't this crazy that I got this eye? Like, I love your, I love what you guys do. You know, that's not breaking immersion. That's very much within character. That's, it's referencing, you know, it's self-referential. And it's funny. It's, it's funny because uh, it's unexpected, but it's not so, uh, you know, so it's a, maybe a misdirection, but it's not such a misdirection that it like takes you out of like the the game it doesn't take you out of like the experience of playing yeah. it's just like have and then there's other jokes too just like i think there was like a twitter thread recently where somebody asked for names of in like your best in name and in uh in los angeles we have a restaurant called in and out so i just said in i n n and out 
And it's like, yeah, it's that's you know, it's if you get it, you know, if you get it, um, yeah. you know, that's that's funny, and you'll you'll you know you'll it may take you out a little bit, but it's also not like such a hard reference. Right. It's you know that it's not like um, you turn to the you know you turn to the wizard and you're like, hey, can you? invent star wars <laughs> so we can watch star wars in game yeah. i'd really like to see star wars you know and the wizard is like one star wars coming <laughs> up uh it's very it, it, you know the humor can uh yeah it can vary it's a spe- it's a spectrum yeah. of uh, of how uh of how punch i i would call that punchiness i would rate it on a scale of punchiness nice. like Puns and clever and and clever wordplay are like the jet. It's like on the the gentlest side, yeah. right? It's like, and then there's like some there's some humor that would be very punchy. Like for example, um, maybe the most punchy thing you could do would be to make fun of like one of your players in real life, like using the D and D, which is I think I remember a story of a comedian telling me that they did this, but like. Basically, like, modeling an NPC on, like, somebody, like, the players, like, know. Yes. Or, like, even somebody at the table as, like, a caricature. Um, Boy, like, that's, like, all the way on the other end. That will destroy your immersion. It might even break your friend group. (laughs) I guess technically it's within the rights of D, you know, it's within the mechanics of D&D, but it's definitely not in the intention or the spirit of yeah. it. I I I, uh, I once debated when I tried to get a couple of my close friends who are very much not TTRPG culture based. I think it's probably the most best way to put it. And I debated right. being like, let, please let me run a game for you and I will build you character sheets and I will make them, like you just said, like caricatures of them. Uh, just so they could kind of like, it would just because it would be funny and we could play on, you know, we've known each other a very <laughs> long time so we could play on those kind of like historical jokes that we've had over you know 20 20 plus years of friendship um right. to be like you know one, one of our one of my close friends he's big into his weightlifting and his gym so he's always like shredded um and so he would obviously like i would have made him like an obtusely muscular character like like <laughs> disgustingly muscular like <laughs> uh just to really be like oh of course that's 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 Chris's character. Like, why would you think of anyone else? <laughs> and you know, that's funny because here you're here you're talking about it almost in the reverse context mm-hmm. of like using humor as a technique to immerse these players because um, because that is something you can do, right? Is you can um, for some a fantasy a, an elf fighter like doesn't mean much to them, no, exactly. right? Yeah, because they don't know the tropes and they don't know. But somebody who is super shred, a character who's super shred, is like, oh, okay, like, oh, it's like me, but exaggerated me. Yeah. That's cool. And then they can almost, it, it makes it easier for them to immerse themselves to get into the role playing because they're just playing a version of themselves. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a Larry David, like a Kirby yes. enthusiasm kind yeah. of thing, you know. And I bet even um, over time playing with that group, they would even like forget about like the original intent mm-hmm. and they might even go the other way of start like discovering things about themselves or aspects of their own personal brand that they maybe didn't even fully realize <laughs> by because they're role playing scenarios that they wouldn't find themselves in in real life. Yeah. And so that that can be a way to sort of unearth 
what they call character-based humor. Um, Humor that comes, because this is actually a whole other spectrum of humor that we haven't really touched upon yet. But there's there's all, there's humor that that comes inherently from a character being themselves, right? In like conflict with the world or with the other characters, you know that uh, it's like, oh, that's this character is just funny, you know, because they are so excited, right? They are like, you know, oh, they, this this every object that this character finds, like is like their favorite thing because they maybe they grew up you know they lived in a cave and so they they Mm -hmm. don't know what a tavern is they don't know what a you know oh it's signed why would you give a sign you know um they've just never seen the city before so everything is exciting and new and like that's like a type that's like a type of humor as well and i think that's like maybe the humor that uh actual plays rely on the most is like they create like a character that has like something inherently like weird or like unusual about them that they like play up and they can play up in any situation um, that they're in. And so it's it's about that. It's about seeing like, oh, I want to like you fall in love with that character because they're like so unusual mm-hmm. or they're so then which is human. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Like yeah. that's part of the human experience is that we're all we all have quirks. We're all weird and unique. different in our in our ways. We're all unique in our ways, and so that's using humor uh, to sort of emphasize mm-hmm. that, to sort of highlight that. Yeah, a good example I have of that actually is um, I've kind of jumped into my DM confidants game for a couple of sessions just to see what it's like. And his campaign again, homebrew, medium sized, I would say, and I'll, I'll spare you the details. But broadly, all the rest of the players have been transported across different planes of existence, and all kind of you know they've wound up waking on some far realm alien landscape and of the, you know their stories then being like where are we how do we get home i have to travel with you random people that i'm now stuck in the same boat with and they're all they're all like uh, a real... it's slide it's sliders <laughs> i love it they're lost from oh they have to get back to their home universes yeah. it's so good and they're all you know they're all varying you know we've got like a hard-boiled detective character we've got like a topless wrestling character because they're all just you know pull from all different sides of life so there's it sounds right up my alley by the way this is i love this kind of storytelling okay there's 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 a native settlement on this plane that is populated by like four-armed you know three foot tall four-eyed aliens for lack of a better term i don't think he's i think he's kind of made that up rather than cribbed it from anywhere specifically and uh long story short is i am playing the child of the the chief uh, the young lad of the chief um and i was tasked with traveling with them as their like local guide but also basically i really wanted to play him like a boy scout great so he is like they have to go out every the ch- the children of this tribe of natives have to have to go out and spend like 30 days in the quote unquote desert it's like purple dunes because of course it's like eldritch <laughs> and far realm so he's just right. he's very much like he's like 40 percent morty from rick and morty and then the 60 percent just Good. like naive wholesome young lad just trying to like get his badges with this like hard-boiled <laughs> detective ufc wrestler like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like funny it's it's it creates an inherent contrast of characters yeah. and their 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 problem solving methods will be different their 
you know, the things they want to talk about will be different. The perspectives will be different. And uh, and from that, those those heightened differences will come conflict and will come, uh, hu- you know, will come humor mm-hmm. event, you know, that sort of um, the humor that comes from like a naive person, you know, a naive person who maybe believes in the inherent good of everybody uh, coming up against monsters and evil creatures who uh, who constantly prove them wrong, but they but but they are steadfast. But you know this is, is steadfast in their belief, of despite all you know, despite yeah. everything that they've been shown, um, which is great. And it, it shows it's the human, it's a part of the human condition is that we 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 don't always adapt as easily as you would think we mm-hmm. do. We would, and so there's a lot there that happens a lot where it's like I. You know, we come into situations where uh, we we think we know the answer. We have our defined point of view and it does not serve us well at Mm -hmm. all. And and we don't realize it until it's too late. And it's funny. It's funny to watch. uh, It's it's funny to watch. And it's funny to watch a group of people for whom uh, sparks fly, you know, Um, or who might uh, or the opposite or who may unexpectedly find things in common with each Mm -hmm. other. Um, which can be a great misdirection. Um, you know, it's like, oh, they, they, it turns out that the hard-boiled detective uh, was a naive young boy himself. You know, the only reason he was lashing out at him was because uh, he saw himself mm. in him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and so he can recall stories from his past where he was, uh, you know, suckered or where he was, uh, you know, fit that are fun, you know, that are funny and that he can, it's a surprise when he lets down his guard, he's a completely different, uh, seems like a completely different person from the one that he, uh, from the perspective he's, he's putting up. Kind of the facade he's, he's showing the world. Yeah, yeah. I must admit, all the rest of the guys have also like really dived in it, and um, it is actually, despite the quite serious situation they found themselves in, uh, they are, I think, enjoying the levity that he brings, <laughs> and, and they're all like, "Oh, don't worry, we'll get you know, you have the killing blow on this, so you can get your Neogi Slayer badge, you know, your pin, you know, your stitching <laughs> next time you go home." And I'm like, "Oh, geez, oh, oh okay, thanks, I guess." <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I'm also he's playing. He's playing a, he's playing a ranger, but I've dumped a lot into stealth because I love uh, marrying mechanics with the theming. And of course, he's like a shy, right. naive, never left town before boy. So I kind of lent into the. I just want to. I just want to blend into the background all the time. I'm like a wallflower. So like any time anything is going <laughs> slightly awry, I'm like, yeah, I'll bury myself in the sand. I'm not. Oh, this is not. <laughs> he's scared. <laughs> he's well scared right now. <laughs> Which is what you want. You want that's that's like that's entertaining for the for the group because even if they like are like even if some of them are like oh I wish you would help like mostly they're probably just thinking oh yeah that's that's our boy you know that's our scout you know that's of course that's what he does of course he runs and hides like that's hilarious you know that's funny that's just knowing you know being able to predict what somebody's going to be able to do so accurately is uh, is funny (laughs) is another funny thing. So, uh, yeah, that, that's great. I, I, I don't know how I could take that premise, like, super seriously. Yeah. Like, I feel like as a player, like, all I'm thinking is, like, Spider-Verse and just, like, the, the crazy over-the-top conflicts that come from all these characters from different yes. universes, yeah. like, you know, having to work together. Like, I think I find that inherently funny. 
But yeah, it's all about tone, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about the tone you want to establish. Yeah, and I think I'm, I personally am a fan of that that juxtaposition, which is probably self-evident with the anecdote I've just gone through. But yeah, I, I do like having, you know, serious face characters next to non serious face characters just because it, it oh, can lead to those kind of unique interactions and in fact another game that i play in was actually been on hiatus now for probably pushing two years but we were doing the like good cop bad cop real estate agents it's actually a riff from an uh, always sunny in philadelphia sketch um oh great where they they play realtors and one is like i you will buy this house you will buy this house and the other one's like charming and smoochy and sleazy uh and that's you know that was me as the the hard the, the angry one is a Goliath barbarian playing with a gnome, uh, gosh, uh, druid. Uh, yeah, a gnome druid as the 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 charming one. It's that those two side by side, like honey and vinegar real estate was. Uh, <laughs> was that's so funny? Yeah, that, that that show's so funny. And yeah, like there's a like there. It's a classic, uh, you know, uh, straight man, uh, you know, the gag man dynamic yes. there. You know, where, where uh, you know, you have somebody who takes life very seriously paired with somebody who is, you know, freewheeling and maybe a little eccentric mm-hmm. or annoying or something. And then, you know, you put those two together. That's even fu- that's even funnier. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there there is sort of a da- there is sort of a danger with a game that is too funny, which is that there is no there is no reality to bounce off mm-hmm. of. And so, and so sometimes I think it works really well as like for, for bizarre games. Like I think that if your whole, if the idea is that everything is like, a, this is like a weird world where things are just bizarre. It's an Alice in Wonderland type scenario. Um, I think it totally works when everything is funny. Like that's cool. But when it's like, a game where everybody is just sort of is just sort of goofing around and like there is no like straight man like I think there's I think there's a challenge mm-hmm. there like so I play a game uh, pretty regularly called Straight to VHS um, which is a uh, an RPG that is set in like eighties cult movies Amazing. like it, yeah it, it's fantastic and it's free to play uh, it's a completely free uh, free game from Lost Cat Games and. Uh, if you want to hear how it sounds, um, I do a podcast called Worst Movies Ever Played on Starburns Audio uh, Network. And we've, we've, we've done uh, five movies with it, so 10 episodes, and we're doing more. But one of the, the, that game is inherently funny. Um, all of its specifics, all of its mechanics are designed to push characters to the limit, to create exaggerations and over-the-top performances. But our, D, our, our GM, who they call the director in the game, is very smart, usually plays a straight man, usually plays somebody who is taking the situation seriously. And in any given, and, and it sort of varies from person to person, but in any given, any given scene, one of us is taking the action seriously to allow the other two to exaggerate, yes, to yeah. heighten and to keep things crazy because if nobody is acknowledging the real world, it becomes, it's like eating frosting from, it's like eating frosting out of the canister. Like you, you, you want a little bit, you want some cake there. That is a perfect analogy. I love that. (laughs) So emotive and so spot on. (laughs) (laughs) 
Thank you. Yeah, you you need that uh, you need that base level of reality there um, to I think to bounce the humor off of. At least I think it helps. Well, but otherwise, the stakes just kind of melt away. That's right. Yeah, and and uh, you know, in in our games were for it's straight to VHS are always high stakes because that's where a lot of these movies are. So, um, you know, taking even when we are hyper exaggerating we're always trying to play to the reality of the situ of the situation so you know we there was a there's a scene at a funeral and like the scene is set beautifully you know where it's like the the director has described it eloquently where it's like a a funeral for a, a soldier and for a for a, a renegade uh, loose cannon soldier and so, you know, there's, you know, there's like taps is being mm-hmm. played. The sun is high in the air. People are crying. You know, there's flowers on the gravesite. Uh, but then all of a sudden, his like twin brother comes in <laughs> on a motorcycle. And it was like, screw you guys. I'm, you know, that's the, and then he's the yeah. sequel. You know, it's like, oh, he, oh, that's the, you know, that's, we, we broke it. You know, mm-hmm. we we set up the we set up the dominoes on purpose in order to knock them all in order to knock them all down with humor. You know, that's it's a way of it's a way of doing it. So yeah, there's so many that that's the thing about humor in games. It's just so many different ways to yeah. approach well, it. I, I was gonna say like I, I imagine this conversation might be tougher than it's turned out to be because when you when you're just talking about like <laughs> stand up comedy, the most kind of like. When right. I say two-dimensional, I mean it's literally just a person telling jokes. I don't, you know, right. I don't mean that in a derogative term. I just mean it's just a person telling oh. jokes. So, oh no, I agree. It stand-up is often considered as like the base unit exactly. of comedy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in my ISO standard measurement of comedy, stand-up <laughs> is one piece of comedy. Yeah, one unit right. of comedy. Um, but that one stand-up joke is considered like <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a Lego brick that you're yeah. you're using. But that that we, people always talk about that. They always say you know we could. You could debate, you could write a thesis and debate for hours on, you know, the subjectivity of comedy and all this stuff and the other. And I was like, oh God, what have I opened up here into this discussion? Am <laughs> I going to be drowning like a way out of my depth? And uh, well, some people, why do people find things funny? And it's like, well, I don't know. I didn't <laughs> study psychology. Uh, but <laughs> but I think for the purposes of a game, right, it's because you go into stand up to make people laugh like that's the that's the the thing and that's why i brought at the very beginning i was saying you know in a tabletop game you know it's often humor is often a byproduct it's often like an unexpected uh, but pleasant surprise in your game mm. because uh, people you know the games don't often go as planned and i think that that is funny and that that you know whether it's a player finding something about their character that is funny just by happenstance by role playing whether it's you know a dm you know accidentally making a joke which turns into a running joke in the thing or most often um, at least in my experience, whether the players do something that the dungeon master did not expect them to do, and they have to throw out a bunch of material and make up stuff on the fly, which is the very essence of improv, um, 
you know, those things can happen. And it's often it often leads to, I think, funny stuff, even unintentionally. And then when you throw in uh, intentional humor mm-hmm. in the mix, yeah, suddenly you've got a very you've got a very entertaining uh, and and funny game that you're playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm super stoked that despite this potentially complex topic of humor, we've managed to talk about like managing tone and like character development and all these other very medium specific topics. So I'm I'm super stoked that we've we've managed to do that. And also I'm. For those listening, I'm, the irony is not lost on me on trying to make an enjoyable experience for listeners at home while talking about the topic of humor. I'm, I'm, the pressure is high <laughs> right now. Listen, as they uh, there, there's an old adage where they say, talking about and dissecting humor is a great way to make funny jokes. <laughs> People are always saying that uh, when you dissect humor, it leads to hilarious conversations. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, that, that is things. exactly yeah. what they say. Famously. <laughs> famously. Yep. Many, many times I've heard that. Yep. Cool. cool. Well, on that note, uh, let's give one more opportunity. Is there anything that we haven't discussed that we might have missed? Ooh. I... Uh, I I don't I don't know I think uh, no I think we I think we did it I feel like we've climbed uh, humor RPG mountain and uh, it, you know if folks have more questions they can always uh, they can always hit me up on Twitter uh, I'm at Jeffrey Golden G E O F F R E Y G O L D E N and uh, feel free to to you know, feel free to ask me questions. I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to answer and to share my experience as a writer. Mm-hmm. Oh well, th- thank you for that offer. Slight criticism as you've jumped ahead of my schedule somewhat, so you're going to be docked in terms of guest my guest rating there. But uh... I oh no I I I am I am we were so, so first close. Of all, I, did not, I didn't know I was being rated, so that's interesting. You did tell me at the beginning that I wasn't being recorded, which I appreciated when we were talking earlier, because sometimes podcasters don't do that. Ah. And then you end up with some of the stuff that you didn't expect being on the podcast. But I didn't realize that there was like an Uber style rating <laughs> system for your get for your get. Is there like a burn book for your guests too? Or you like put their picture in a book and you like you talk, talk about this is what was cool, but this is what was lame about this, <laughs> this guest. No, no, no. You've been a stellar guest, as have oh, all you. of my guests to date. Don't play favourites. Um, <laughs> but on that note, is there anything you would like to promote or plug? Oh, absolutely. Um, so, uh, you know, I've been writing TTRPG stuff for, for years now. Um, and But I, I've, never, uh, I've never done anything on the DMs Guild. And I wanted to make one of those 30-page one-shot adventures like i really wanted to do like one of those like those really cool like memorable one-shots and so uh i've got one coming out that is so it will release september 28th i would take it probably by it's probably out by this Mm -hmm. time this airs and it's called target run on the dms guild and it's a 5e sports comedy module uh in the tradition of caddyshack and the mighty ducks those like 80s and 90s like wacky sports comedy. Mm-hmm. So this is very much like a respite uh you know for players. This is you know you're in a you're doing a long campaign and you want to give them a break. Uh the target one is really is really a really cool module for that. 
basically, uh, you are aiding Tazvan, who is uh, the first dwarf to try to compete in the prestigious high elf sport. <laughs> and so uh, so she hires you and your the fellow adventurers uh, as her entourage, but you end up uh, playing the sport against the all-stars of the sport in order for her to be admitted. But meanwhile, it turns out that the country club, sort of the treetop country club that they're playing in, uh, happens to be uh, the former land of a group of pixies who have become revolutionaries and are trying to take back their uh, the land that they were cheated out of. So, uh, so there's uh, there's this sort of interesting undercurrent of uh, of uh, of uh, justice needing to be done yeah. in addition to the fun of playing the sport. And the cool thing is the sport can actually played separately from target run. So you can just take that out and just put it in uh, oh, your cool. game. So it's like a it's like a team archery competition that you can uh, that you can play with friends called Allegan. So uh, so yeah, it's kind of a twofer. If there's not a training montage, I don't want to know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely uh, there's definitely a lot of uh, a lo- there's definitely like a funny training sequence for sure. Oh, so you you'll get uh, you will you will get you will get exactly what you uh, <laughs> what you asked for, and that, that's called target run on the DM skill. Amazing. Well, that sounds fantastic. I'm a huge fan of like '80s films as well, so I'm all over everything we talked about today. So that that sounds fantastic. So. I think all that's left to say is thank you ever so much, Jeffrey, for this discussion on on humor. Uh, it has been very funny. <laughs> oh, thank you. Dan, Dan, you're such a great host. Thank you so much for having me on. I, I really enjoyed the show and uh, it was a pleasure talking with you today. It's been my pleasure. Um, and thank you, everybody, for listening at home. I hope you have found it just as humorous as I certainly have. All the links, as usual, will be in the description, uh, including, was it Target Run? Uh-huh. Yes, Target oh, yes. Run. So chuffed with myself. In, uh, in the, I don't know if that's an expression in the UK. In the U, it's, so, it's, a, it's a double me. In the US, we'd say we're going on a Target Run, meaning we're going to a, the store Target. I do have do oh. have Target. Uh, no, we don't, we don't have Target, but obviously I know, right. I know of, of it. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, so that that's it. So so that so it's sort of a twofer. But but you are literally running in the game. You are running and shooting targets, yes. like almost like laser tag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with but with archery. So it's a double. It's a double meaning. Ah, oh, that's good. Well, thank you. Uh, that's yeah, a little bit of a <laughs> cultural differences. Then I'm trying to think of an equivalent here. And we made it funnier by dissecting oh, it. Of, we made it. The, we made the joke so much yeah, funnier, yeah, which abso- I'm absolutely, very happy absolutely. about. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not a shadow <laughs> of a doubt in my mind. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so thank you everybody for listening at home. Do check out Jeffrey's stuff. I would very much encourage it. Otherwise, thank you all for listening and good night. <laughs>